Before we start this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Zipster, local web people who help entrepreneurs and artists make kick-ass websites and get found online. Visit Zipster.com to find out more information. And on to the episode. Free Pizza, your platform for creative. Today we have the amazingly talented multi-talented uh artist scout cartagena in here what's up hey and you got I, it right i said it correctly before this we were discussing how to say <laughs> uh say her name correctly so luckily i got it right after much coaching so thank you for that you know i do what i can oh what's what is it 27 years of doing it i'm good oh <laughs> And like I said, uh, multi-talented sculptor, printmaker, glassblower, and art educator. You're doing so much. Too much, sometimes. <laughs> oh, I can, I can, I, I'm just trying to figure out how you're able to balance all of that. But we're going to talk about that right now. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> so take us back to the beginning, of course. So where did um, the itch to create kind of start for you? So I guess I grew, my parents are were military growing up, you know, like Air Force. So like we're always traveling and stuff like that. So I guess like you kind of get bored easily and then you don't really have to like make a permanent friendship with anyone because you're just going from like we lived in Japan and England and then almost every freaking state. <laughs> so I guess like I just kind of like had to fend for myself for entertainment. I have like a lot of siblings, um, but a lot of them were half or just didn't live with us. Or if they did, they were just really young. Like my sister, Aaliyah, was the only sibling I like lived with. And she was cool. I mean, nothing wrong with her. She's a child. But when you're like yeah. a little kid, you're three-year difference. You kind of don't want to deal with shit. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I like got into art. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm curious. What country were you in when you got into it? Uh, I I think it was my mom said like when I was a kid we were going through Hawaii and stuff like that I was like always singing which I am a god-awful singer like I heard my voice echo across the walls of my shower when I was like 12 years old and I was like oh that's what I sound like when I sing and everyone's been gassing me up all these years I was like ooh. <laughs> So I think it was Hawaii because I think I like was singing and like drawing and I was like, I'm going to be in theater. I'm going to do all of it, which, you know, <laughs> still doing. That's insane. So you started drawing and singing in Hawaii. How old do you think you were at that time? Or do you know that you were? I think I was like three and a half. Wow. Four. So this is super young. Yeah, it was a baby. My mom said that she put like all my drawings all over the walls my dad like would have his friends like trace pokemon characters yes when grow up. yeah and he would like trace them perfectly in permanent marker and i would just color them all the time and then i started doing my own tracings of them and then, like i just kind of like was like i don't need your shit anymore dude i got my own thing going on here i'm drawing pokemon drawing esmeralda give me big old boobies because you know gay yes <laughs> absolutely absolutely that is insane so you started doing all that stuff when you're three four years old and obviously your parents were like okay well i guess she's uh taking this kind of seriously maybe around then or was it still kind of like you kind of still kind of figure figuring yourself out i was doing too much at once like i always am so like i guess they were just like my parents were with people who were just like 
they'll support whatever I'm doing really yeah. even when it's like the greatest or just like fine you're gonna do it anyway um <laughs> so like I just, they were just kind of like you want to dance fine you want to be a baseball player fine you go to softball every single weekend and then it's like oh you want to do tap dancing ballet you want to draw you want to paint you want to do karate and like i did all of it and i have the trophies to prove it damn it <laughs> oh my god i need to see all the trophies for that please don't <laughs> i'm good I'll send you a video when I go visit my parents during the holidays and I'm just going to be like, this is the trophy room of all my elementary trophies. And here's a shitty drawing and my first nude drawing from my first year in college. My dad will just be like, and this is a, this is a story about, you know, her first time, like taking a shit. Like my dad is TMI guy. So like, and so am I. So I guess I get it from him, but he will give you the full tour. I will send you a video and you are subjected to that. You know what? I'll take it. Please let me have that. I'll be so honored. That's an, that's awesome. Yes. Okay. So got us through the rest of it. So you're painting, you're drawing, doing all of it, singing, dancing, all of it. So what, when did it start to stick as you far as, as, as you doing it consistently and, you know, as you got older? Yeah. I like went through like all these different careers, like, like most people do when they grow up, like veterinarian and librarian. Cause I love books. Um, but I like really started getting into illustration when I was like probably in like middle school, high school. Mm. In like high school, I had a teacher who was just like, um, put me in AP art. And basically, AP art is just like, just make whatever you want and build a portfolio and then we'll go yay or nay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you'll submit it to a college. Um, so I did that with like mostly photography and I like got off on photography, in my opinion. So I don't, I don't know believe you. what happened. I don't believe you. I bet your photography is amazing. No, it's it's like a shadow across my face while I grip a close-up macro of pearls. Like, if you saw this as a professional, you are a photographer, you'd be like, oh, this bitch thought she had something going on here. Humble beginnings, right? I looked at the, my dad still has a portfolio, so I'm super humbled because he reminds me every single year I see him that this is where I started. I'm just like, ah! But, uh... No, like that portfolio kind of like went up and I got into MICA in Baltimore, the Maryland School Institute College of Art. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I got into that school somehow. Uh, <laughs> it was a whirlwind. But uh, Wait, yeah, hold I, like, started hold making, I got into printmaking. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I want to go back to high school right quick. Sorry to interrupt you. Because um, I want to see what you're, I want to see what you were doing in high school. What were you drawing? What were your influences there? Because obviously they probably changed yeah. as you got older. So Tell us a little bit about how it was in high school, then we'll go to college. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, high school, I really wanted to be, a, as most punk girls, I really wanted to be a photographer for for concerts. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I started drawing merch for <gasps> bands and, like, with markers, like, fabric markers, and then, like, coloring them. And then I got into, like, really crappy screen printing. Yes. And I would just try to album at shows for like the chariot <laughs> i'd be at a christian christian hardcore like metal show like anybody want to buy a t-shirt <laughs> i'm just imagining i'm just imagining seeing that in the show i'm like what in the world is that yeah things like this with like my hair like not straightened underneath it you can see like it is now and i'm like 
Hey guys, I really love your music. I'm not into Jesus, but I'm super into like, you know, hard rock and the dead Kennedys really spoke to me. And I love Rites of Spring. Like that was just like a little shit in Baltimore trying to like sneak into concerts without an ID and like, Uh, I want to go see Listener in concert. Oh my God, you just took me back in time. Woo, okay. Wow. Right? Good time. Good time. Oh my God. That's amazing. Jesus. Nostalgia. Okay. Okay. Yes. So you're showing merch at shows. Okay. Yes. So go from there and you were doing photography and all that. So that's cool. So, I mean, how was the, the, the doing things for, for bands that kind of pop off at all? I mean, basically just me underage drinking. Sorry, mom. <laughs> like, it's just me. Like, I want to hang out with the bands and like get to know them, like put my foot in the door. It was just me like fawning over musicians because I really wanted to be like a professional drummer. I like played a little bit of the drums growing up a little bit. Uh-huh. I was like trying my best to learn it, like do it at my friend's house all the time, practicing on their drum kits. So my mom is a black Baptist mom. I'm not playing drums in her house. Definitely not. <laughs> so I just played like, no, God, no. I played at like my skater boyfriend's house. Like, hey, Della, you want me to play the drama? How? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's insane. That's I just insane. did that. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I can go on a whole different subject about that whole time, that, that the span of time in music and being a teenager. But anyway, back to the art. That's good times, though. Wow. Nostalgic right there. Okay. So. Okay. So in high school, you're doing drawing and all that, blah, blah. And you, I guess you had, you were an AP art. So, and it was a free-for-all, it sounds like. So, what were you influenced by back then? I was influenced by, like, a lot of music, obviously. I was just really into, like, a lot of, like, I guess, like, Washington, D.C.'s, like, emo phase going on with, like, you know, like, Rice of Spring. Mm -hmm. And then I really got into, like, um, classical. I've always been to classical music since I was a little kid. I love classical music. Fuck yes. So, I was listening to, like... Koski and all that kind of stuff like and just draw and then like Tegan and Sarah and just of course just continuously drawing um I would draw like anime like any kid would um I would be like so <laughs> I was like not a Dragon Ball Z stand kid I was like into like shoujo like princess kind of Sailor Moon crap but I didn't yes. tell anybody that I was just like oh I like anime <laughs> um but I like started drawing that stuff but I got kind of bored of it after a certain amount of time and then I started drawing like animals like non-stop not like horse girl crap i was not there i was like a wolf girl yeah right <laughs> so i'd be drawing like wolves all the time and like dogs and then yeah. i started drawing like people like running from these dogs and which ties into my work now so i guess it played off absolutely yeah so that's why i wonder what if, if it, if it kind of correlates to what you have now so that makes a lot of sense hell yeah hell yeah, yeah i definitely like draw animals a lot (laughs) yeah yeah for sure for sure so i'm curious what made you what clicked inside of you and was like you know what i want to pursue this and go to art school knowing obviously there's obvious risk of being an artist you know every parent has a conversation with their kid not you don't know if they your parents had a conversation with you about how hard it is to be an artist so how were you uh what was going on in your mind when you were trying to figure out what you want to do with your life i kind of was one of those things where like no one was really taking a chance on me besides my art teacher. Mm. Like it was like, all I saw was like people getting into sports for a career into banking, accounting. We were like on a military base growing up, um, like half on our school was half on half off, Yeah, but it was predominantly um, kids from all over went to the school. So it was really weird. But 
like you know kids were like oh i'm gonna be in the military i'm gonna join forces and i was like hell no dog I but no that shit. <laughs> Listen, sorry mom and dad they're like please don't do it you're fine <laughs> but, you're not gonna hurt our feelings yeah. <laughs> they were like we your sister is like wants to be a doctor in the air force like you can do whatever the hell you want um <laughs> she'll take care of us <laughs> So uh, I kind of was just like, I didn't know what to what was there for me to do. Like, you know, I was like a kind of like a little stoner drinking too much at a young age. Of so I was course. like, all my ambitions were around music and like partying and also like just like making art. I just was a weirdo who wanted to make art. I was in all just like all oh, the indie movies and crap. And I was like, I wanted to be like a film person, but I just didn't want to do the art. So mm-hmm. my art teacher was the only person who took a chance on me. Um, and my English teacher too, my psychology teacher, like AP psychology, they were just like, do something artistic. Cause you need to, there's really nothing else. <laughs> yes. 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 So, you know, and they, you take all those tests, like growing up in a kid, like we're like, what kind of person are you? You know, like you take those tests are like, oh, you're an artist. Are you going to be a doctor? Or you're very like brain oriented and crap like that. And mine was always art. So I just got it. I just applied to like 50 schools and got into two and then chose micah no shit so i'm curious what schools unless micah was number one for you what schools were you hoping to get into i was really hoping to get into full sale in really and no, i'm sorry not full sale oh god not full sale. jesus i wanted to and i was like the scam no offense full sale but um, yes i wanted to get Right, I found that at my friends went, and I was like, "It's a scam." <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Sidetrack: We had a guy who is a producer on a show, I think two years ago, who went to Full Sail. He actually went to school there and figured that out while he was there. So he played a bunch yeah. of money. I think he was there for like two years, and he said this it was fucking terrible, horrible. So. Yeah, my friends went, and then they moved to like California and did the California thing. They worked for like Funny or Die or something. Um, so they're doing pretty great. That's but I awesome. Was like, I was, yeah, I looked at the school myself and I was like, oh, not for me. <laughs> so I really wanted to get into SCAD, actually, is what I was trying to say, in Savannah. Mm-hmm. I was like, my family lives in Georgia. I was like, some of my mom's side lives in Georgia. And I was like, and I love Savannah. Um, I don't like the heat. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Facts. But I was like. I was like the humidity, no. Uh, but I really wanted to go there because they had like amazing printmaking. Because I had got into the idea of like screen printing because I wanted to make T-shirts and stuff. So I was like, there. It was on TV. They were for that. They had a sports team, and I was like, oh, I can play softball, make my dad proud. Because you know, gay daughter situation. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> So it's had everything for me, but I like. Sadly, I was trying to get into SCAD when they were doing the high school musical phase of theater and stuff oh my god <laughs> so everyone and their mother was trying to get into school to be in theater and like i was like oh i'll be like a theater like minor for like not to be in it even though i was in theater in high school mm-hmm. but to do like set design and like production yeah. i love directing and i was like and then i'll do screen printing as like my like focusy job and they were like hi do you have a portfolio that expresses your directorial debuts i'm like i went to a very not good high school <laughs> yeah the answer is no <laughs> i was like mm, like can you sing and i was like and then i remember being in that hallway where people are just practicing singing non-stop from yeah. musical numbers and i'm just like i can't sing what am i doing here <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't get in and I was pissed and I was devastated. I didn't get into, um, oh my God, I just totally forgot what the number one school is here for art. In Philly? Yeah. What is it? Oh my God, I'm blanking. That's offensive because like, I should know that. Yeah, you should. Scout. Wow. My partner. I'm going to ask him. Yeah, ask him. Go ask him right quick. Mike, what school did you go to? For college. Thank you. You arts. <laughs> that was embarrassing. That is hilarious, Scout. That's really good. <laughs> so you went to get in there. Oh, God, it's great. Yeah, so I didn't get to URs either because I got to URs and they were just like, you need to have an amazing, like, you need to have, like, blueprints of your stage. You need to have costume picture designs, makeup picture designs, directorial debuts, pamphlets. And I was, like, I went to a, th- a school that, like, the theater room was, like, a couch that people had had sex on for, like, 20 years. Oh, my like, God. Like, it was disgusting. And, like, makeup, I bought all our, my costume makeup stuff for everybody. Like, I spent, like, my little high school grocery store worker money to buy all the theater stuff. <laughs> Just bagging groceries for old people on a military base. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Jeez. So like I didn't have anything and they really wanted a lot. And like, it was during the high school musical phase, like I said, so I had stood no chance. Oh my gosh. So I guess did you, and Mike obviously was one of those schools you applied to. So you, did you feel, I guess you felt kind of defeated. Did you feel any, any discouragement after those two uh, kind of fails? Uh, I felt super discouraged. I like, got both rejection letters at once <laughs> mm. and i'm like i to take a bubble bath my mom's like you got mail it's for school and i was like it's thin it's like, <laughs> and they were like nope and i remember sitting on the toilet like going like into my like denial letters like on the toilet like this is so embarrassing but not really <laughs> but uh. that's failure um but then like micah was like we want you and i was like i live here i live in maryland i don't want to go right to a school in <laughs> but i went so okay okay that's awesome so yeah so the, take us through the journey of you going to school and kind of i guess the focus you chose and why and the challenges you know through that so basically your whole experience in college <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> you got time <laughs> um i went to micah and it was probably it was like those scenes in teen movies where they're like that's the popular kid table that's the cool kid table. you know that's the nerds but it was like art kids who were all the rejects basically of their schools mm-hmm. but were cool here for different reasons so but there were like kids called like the carver kids who went to like the carver school in like the dc maryland area who were like art school kids who went to high school for arts, but you know, stuff like that. So those kids were like making like those photorealism paintings in oil paint. And I didn't know, I've never touched oil paint before in my life. Oh. So I'm in a painting class, like sobbing my ass, my ass off. Cause I can't paint. And everyone around me seems so talented. Every class, like fibers, sculpture, everything I took because I had to, it was everyone just like, Oh, you've never worked with like, a kiln before for firing clay and i'm like my school never had clay they're like you didn't have clay how did you sculpt i'm like we, we didn't you didn't that, <laughs> that wasn't offered at all <laughs> no there was you got photo you got crappy photoshop which i still don't know how to use thank you high school um <laughs> and college because i'm learning college either um 
my partner tries to teach me all the time and he i bless his heart um Ugh. like we didn't have any like we just had like paints like crappy acrylic paints and like maybe some like squishy foam clay but like everything was a new resource for me at that time so oh god that scared me what was it you know what that was no that so i got an automatic feeder for my cat and it says you can record a message and it's my voice going hi buggy to get her to eat and it scared the shit out of me your uh, so scout's own voice <laughs> My own voice is terrifying. Because who the fuck is that in my house? Oh, it was me. <gasps> who the fuck is in here? <laughs> it's like Halloween time. I've been watching Blind Manor. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. Man. Okay, so Sorry. you get it. So, um, so wow. So you went into it pretty much was just drawing experience. Yeah, for the just most part, drawing and like digital camera basics, like shoot <laughs> that's it holy shit so you're getting thrown into and obviously in art school you have to take these classes as like a general ed oh my yeah. god so okay yeah so go back to that so go back to the painting and the, the i guess the sculpting and obviously you were doing kiln work so how were you able to overcome those obstacles even though you're with people you were in class with people who already had that experience yeah besides like not being raised in like an art environment in my life like my parents were supportive but like I they got me like art supplies but I didn't have like the creme de la creme I didn't know what most supplies were like um I was also like one of the few black kids in that school and also like Latin and so when there were black kids in the room we'd all look to like what you gonna make and they'd be like what you gonna make and I'd be like animal shit and they're like oh <laughs> and I'd be like what are you gonna make they're like black experience and I'm just like uh, like uh. should I be doing <laughs> and then I had a teacher one time this white teacher who got fired from another school in Maryland for saying he felt like I shit you not he said this he felt like a nigger in a plantation <gasps> this man said this to his class he said that in his what because of how the school was treating him that's what he said and he was white white gay man rich <laughs> what the fuck and he was your teacher yeah his never forget al zaruba he stole my work <laughs> oh what yeah he was my foundation teacher and like i had work that i worked super hard on i was supposed to go for my portfolio and this man kept it said he wanted to keep it and then or that he lost it but Mm, wow. I saw a picture back of his. I saw a picture of his house with him in it as a house tour. I saw a little picture, looked like mine. <laughs> Any wow, that is unreal. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, I was so, like, why did you hire this man? <laughs> this white man is trash. <laughs> Jesus. So was that your? What class would you teach? That was like a foundations class, just like the basics where you have to, like, it goes from anything from like, like the assignments are basically like idea, thought, conceptual based work. So it challenges you to make work and like sometimes it'll challenge you with materials, but mostly it's about like the concept of it. And that's kind of where I got into like thinking about performance work, which I always thought was like goofy and I made fun of it because like someone going like dance, art, power, blood. And it's like some woman like faking she's having a child or some crap, you know, stuff like that. But then I, like, started looking at, like, actually what it meant for, like, black 
um, performance artists, you know, there's not many of them. I looked at like Marina Abramovic, I believe is how you say her name. Mm -hmm. Please don't quote me. I got into her as my first performance artist. And like, she was making this like powerful work where like her partner without her partner, she did that whole sitting in like the museum and the chair with the red dress, like staring at people. Do you remember that? Um, I don't, but I want to look that up after we're done. Yeah, she did that for, she did like that kind of like, it's like the potential to make fun of performance art for what it is. But when you look at the concept, she's like, she was like unbeatable for a long time. I believe she did some racist stuff. So, oh shit. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, so it pops up eventually. I feel like. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! Okay, okay, okay. So you were into that, and foundation. So what is? I don't know what foundations is. Can you explain what that is? You have high standards for your craft, so you should have high standards for how you fuel your daily grind. That's why the Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by High Brew Coffee. High Brew Coffee specializes in cold brew that's less bitter and has more antioxidants twice the caffeine, and lower sugar than your average cup of joe. Choose from over 10 delicious flavors with dairy-free, added protein, and low-calorie options, plus a portion of every sale supports direct trade farmers in Colombia. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.highbrewcoffee.com and use promo code PIZZAANDBREW for 20% off of your order of a 12-pack and get cold brew for those who do. Ship directly to your door. Yeah, so, like, foundations, like, again, like, challenges your, like, conceptual thought. So, basically, like, example is, like, you have to work with these pieces of, like, glass and mosaic tile to make, like, a stained glass situation, um, which most people don't get to work with. They're just, like, but it has to be, think about what that window reflects, what it you see through that window. Um, we can, we're going to hang it and display it. So, like, something that can seem, like, very basic, but you can really push it and have the potential to do it. It kind of tests you as an artist like there's classes like sculpture mm-hmm. that test like your 3d capabilities there there was like a tech class for like photoshop that i was like terrible at um that tested like computer editing and i was you know there was like painting classes that again was terrible at and then there's drawing which was my favorite thing um but then there's foundations combines all those different types of mediums so that you have the choice to do that basically um which one is your medium but to get this thought across so. Yo, that's dope. So that kind of challenged you to, I guess, you had to try other mediums. I mean, you kind of had to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you so. kind of had to. Like, if there were kids in my class who were, like, show up, like, wasted, um, <laughs> or, like, really high, or, like, there were kids who were just, like, come to class and just be, like, just didn't give a shit, but they were, like, incredibly talented. So they were just, like, some, like, really cool thing, like, painting out and be, like, yeah, it's about like the deeper thought but then like i saw them at a party the day before and they were like i'm gonna use an old painting from like two years ago fuck it <laughs> and i'd be like i'm going to be up all night trying to make this piece work but this kid's just like i put some cotton balls on it and said it was about slavery we're done and i'm just like what it. <laughs> we're wrapping it up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so also in that class i guess you went into it obviously you were doing animals you were very you know that was kind of your shit back then i guess it what kind of happened as you went throughout what what kind of what were what were the emotions and feelings you were putting in your work as you kind of went through through uh classes and stuff yeah that teacher i told you about alzaru but he asked me why i wasn't making work about being a black woman and it kind of like pissed me off to the point where like i started making work about 
personal stuff, but mm-hmm. it never touched on like like blackness. It touched on like mental health and my family, mm-hmm. and so I started making more like some sculptural work, a mix of mixed media. Like I started making like I like I made these like uh, different types of lungs, a different material that moved um, and like breathed in and out, and then uh, I did a performance piece with them, oh, yeah. and I started doing um, these gigantic like twelve foot. I think taller than that actually like I had to be on a ladder to draw them charcoal drawings um and I put them in a room and made the room more immersive so you had to like experience it with a flashlight oh wow so, like yeah wow so, that's dope I got into doing like immersive art so I was like you know like if you're gonna look at my shit you gotta like you gotta be in the moment um which kind of shifted me from like doing just animals and I started getting into just like what it means to make like a whole installation of work, you know? Yeah. yeah. How challenging was it? You mentioned mental health, which is a, I feel like, like a big thing going on in the world right now. And, you know, a lot of awareness to it right now, which is great. How are you able to depict that, I guess, in your pieces? Yeah, I, I'm like a really jokey person. So I always like to make jokes, but my work always comes off a little bit more serious, like a lot more serious, actually. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. People be joking around with me and I'm like screaming across this whole studio like get your ass off the ground as a joke but then like my work's like trauma <laughs> so um right. i guess like I, I balance that out like i guess i got the funny stuff out um basically like after school like our school had a burlesque team so mm-hmm. i did funny goofy burlesque then and then when i was at school i made work that was expressing mental health by just basically like confronting it with like imagery so like the piece that I talk about, the charcoal pieces I made are huge. They were just all pictures that are my family and friends um, that I lit with one single light in a dark room. And then I just used charcoal to draw them and then use an eraser to take away like light spots. And it was called like funny faces because everyone's making funny faces, but because of the lighting, it looks like grotesque. Uh-huh. Um, gotcha. And so my, my young art brain was just basically like, the faces that we give every single day are different than how we feel inside. And a funny kind of like outward appearance can also like seem like pretty scary um, on the inside. So basically how I dealt with depression was to make people laugh, to drink a lot, to party. But like inside I was like super going through it. I was going through my first like dose of like bipolar. Oh, actually not bipolar anymore. It's BPD, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. borderline personality disorder. So I had just gotten like figured out that's just started happening to me. So I was basically like dealing with two different faces of how I presented myself. So I just tried to make that possible with work. Like I did like a animal drawings and stuff and printmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like horror movie posters and printmaking illustration. Oh, I did yes. like the same thing, but when it came to sculptural work or like performance work, it was all like the really weird shit. Holy shit. That's fucking awesome. It's always cool when, um, someone's able to put that trauma and mental health and all that into work. And I guess it kind of it helps you face it, like you said, which is a beautiful thing. Um, so I guess there, did you, were you able to declare a specific medium or was it all kind of compiled all throughout the years? I definitely like, so I didn't graduate from my guy. I actually dropped out due to like mental health issues. Okay, gotcha. I said I was taking leave of absence, but I dropped out after like my second year. But my second year is when I declared I was ready to go. I had printmaking. I joined decided to be a printmaking major because printmakers were like the pumpkins of art. Yes, that makes sense. Like, walk in at any hour. It could be five a.m. There's people printing, wearing all black, playing punk music, playing like weird 
weird like patsy klein and like it was just awesome shit and i was like this is like the kind of stuff i like to do and like i like how physical this work is but the print can be multiples of it and you can change like you could change the color of the ink you mm-hmm. could put um sheet paper on it and make a sheen clay like you could put blood into it you could take a print of like your hair of like you could do anything but it's like all on paper or it could be made into a physical like 3d element yeah there was just like billion things you could do with it and but also it was just so like metal to print like carving and giant heavy rollers and everyone like i had actually (laughs) i like put my tool through my hand (gasps) once i slipped and like it went through my thumb here and came out this oh oh (laughs) that sounds terrible i was like I was so embarrassed that I tried to take it out. Like, oh, I'll just take care of it. The teacher was like, what are you doing? I was like, why should I get it out? And he was like, oh, my God. It was embarrassing. I apologize to my freshman and sophomore year printmaking teacher for scarring them with my injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you tugging at that thing. Um, I was like, what are you doing? Stop. And I was just, I felt like a, I felt like Steve Irwin because I was just literally just like, let me just take this out of my chest. R.I.P. But I was like, no. let me just take this thing out. It'll be better. But no, it literally was terrifying. Oh, my gosh. And printmaking is still something you do for the most part. That's what you do a lot today, right? Yeah. Well, I do printmaking. Um, I mainly do, like, glass work or, like, sculptural mixed media. But printmaking is, like, always going to be my first love ever. Like, yes. I, there's nothing like carving prints. There's nothing like seeing like i always think that i'm a crappy printmaker but i think that makes me a better printmaker because i'm just like i always don't like what i make yes true artist <laughs> so i'm just yeah <laughs> i'm like oh this is so shitty oh and if someone's like oh it looks really good i'm like no <laughs> it looks like shit i'm a terrible artist it's like no you're not yes i am you know that's just how artists work <laughs> oh oh gosh but not to get obviously you don't have to go in detail so obviously you say you dropped out because it's some mental health stuff mm-hmm. So how were you able to find yourself back into working? Were you, did you took a like complete break from all of it because of that? Or were you still working a little bit through that? Or how was that going? I I actually like got on a plane and left to Austin, Texas. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, my best friend was living in Austin, Texas. Um, my best friend from high school and middle school. Well, mostly high school. Um, and... I was just like, I need a change. It looks like there's a lot of cool shit happening out there. As you can see, anyone looks at Austin, I was like, it looks really fun. It looks really cool. So I was like, I'm, what, like 19? Let's go. So I, you know, had like a manic sorter. I like jumped on a plane, left my partner at the time to like, I said, hey, well, meet, meet me in Texas. We'll live together. Um, obviously not the point. Um, but uh, I just ended up getting there and not even looking at art. I worked at a taco place. I worked at, God, I worked at, I worked at a taco place. I worked at a movie theater. I worked at a tattoo shop. I worked. Oh my god! I tried to work at a few bars, restaurants. Oh my gosh, that's great! Shout out to Austin Tacos, by the way. Great food in Austin, Texas. I miss breakfast tacos so bad. Yo, <laughs> so bad. You are telling straight facts. So good. Oh my god, I miss Austin a lot. Um, I I miss it too, honestly. I was my worst there, but the food was the best. <laughs> oh gosh! So there you were doing pretty much no art. 
No, I was literally going through probably the worst alcoholic phase I've ever been into. Like, I definitely was just, like, drinking to the point of blacking out all the time. I was partying, staying out so late. Um, I was just, like, meeting people all the time and just trying to, like, trying to find connections with people. And, like, I made a lot of bad choices um, that, to this day, I'm still working on. But I kind of, because I was kind of going through, like, uh, undiagnosed untreated mental health issue you know so I kind of like went through all this structure in school and I felt like I didn't belong there and went to Texas it was like I don't belong here but I do like I can go to a punk show and hang out I can joke around I feel like I have friends I can party I meet people all the time it's great but like I, there's just something that wasn't right there for me you know mm. wow 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 that's if it's, I guess uh those moments being an artist are kind of obviously you took a break from that but yeah. Well, I guess obviously you're going to end up finding your way back into it. So tell us about that. So you, you, I yeah, guess you left so Austin. I started being like kind of sick when I was in Texas. Like I was like, I need to take a break from like drinking. Like I am not doing so hot. Um, and then I got diagnosed with like an autoimmune disorder that like basically killed me almost. Um, oh, I was like, put it immediately just like went from like, oh, I don't feel so good to like, being so bad that I was like crawling into an Uber, locked my dog up, let my friends know how to get into my apartment. was like, I'm going to the doctors. I'll be back. And I didn't come to the hospital for like a month. I didn't leave the hospital for a month. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. Holy crap. So they were just like, she's dying for a few minutes. I did die actually like just failed. And I, they were basically getting ready to just basically tell people to say bye. Um, And then this doctor, Dr. Uchiyama, holla, holla, saved my life. He pulled some Dr. House shit was like, wait, have we tried this? And like, uh, like dug up some like rare autoimmune disorder that no one ever really has. And most people die from it. And he was just like, try this, try this, try this, try chemo. And they tried chemo and my vitals went up. What? Yeah. And then I was in Texas for a month because of it. And then my parents came to Texas, stayed with me the entire time. And they flew me to I basically was like, my parents were like, you have to fly to Maryland to get treatment for chemo. We have to take care of you now. So they flew me to Maryland with my little sister who took care of me to my parents, drove a U-Haul with my dog, my cat, and all my shit from Texas to Maryland. And I stayed in Maryland for like a good year and a half almost um, getting treatment. And it fucking was terrible, like terrifying. Oh my gosh. What a pivotal moment in your life. That is insane. Shout out to that doctor. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. What a... Yeah, I'm my life. He yes. looked like my dad, but Japanese, so it was kind of cool. Yo, hell <laughs> yeah. Like, that's in- <laughs> that's incredible. Okay, cool. So you came back. You said a year and a half. You were in Maryland recovering. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So as soon as I like got like any kind of strength, like when they were like, hey, you're in remission, um... I just was just like, cool, I need to get the hell out of this state. Mm. I've been in Maryland my teen years. I'm back now for a terrible situation that's super traumatic. I need change. So my good friend um, at the time um, moved from Texas because she was planning on it anyway. Mm-hmm. She moved with me to Philly because I was like, there's a billion art schools out there. I can get into one of them. And I was like, let's go. My parents were like, it's close enough. It's better than Texas. So <laughs> we got in the car and we drove all the way to Philly with our shit, um, and we posted up, and we've been here since. 
Yo, that's fucking crazy. Right? Yes. <laughs> it feels weird talking about it sometimes. I'm just like, I did do that. What time frame was that? I don't even know what time frame it's been. Absolutely. That's why I love this show because I think a lot of people... I mean, obviously, you know you've done a lot, but then you, when you talk about it, it's just like, holy fuck, I've actually been through a lot as an artist, and this is crazy. This is great. Right. Um, and it's all your story, which is awesome. Um, okay, so you got to Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. what, I guess, jump-started you, what got you back into creating and all that? So I told my parents that I would get into art school, like, to, like, basically, like, our our, the reason why they, like, supported me in going to Philly, they are just, like... She didn't have any job. She, I was working at, like, Lush while I was sick just to get me, like, a job and off my feet. Mm-hmm. They are like, doesn't really have much on her. She just needs to get her shit together. So they were just like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to go to Philly. So they are like, well, we'll help you get there because we know you don't, like, you're just sick for, like, a year, like, almost two years, like, just whittling away. Now you're alive. So, like, we guess we're going to support you and to get to what you need to do to get your shit together. So... I got to Philly and I was like, I'm going to apply to art school. Like I will do that within two years, max. I was like, I'm going to get into an art school. First year I just partied and <laughs> just like, I can drink again, you know? And like, obviously was not acknowledging that I had an issue. Um, <laughs> oh God. So I like, <laughs> just was like, Oh, partying and working out all the time. And like had like a, we had like lived in an old school. Yeah. It was huge. There was like, the floor above us was the basketball court, so you could see the basketball court lines and the ground still and stuff. So it was, like, cool. We're living in, like, um, Kensington, Philly, and I was, like, super new to being that close to, like, a lot of, like, low income and, like, mm. black, like poor black folk and poor black um, Hispanic folk. So it was just, like, you know, like, terrible, intense drug issue out there that the city doesn't acknowledge at all. It just basically shove it. Um, and we were living in it in, like, some old school, like, we're living, like, young hip kids. And then we were, like, oh, we moved into gentrification. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we didn't know because it was such a cheap deal. We're like, we were new to the city. We have no idea what's what. And we just moved in and we're like, cool. And then everyone who moved in was young and cool. We're like, oh, cool. And then we looked outside and we're like, oh my God, we need to get out of here. Like, <laughs> like we're ruining this area. Yep. So we're a part of the problem. But yeah. uh, the landlord ended up being a scumlord anyway. So we just like, whole issue with him. But uh yeah, I was like still applying to school, and then I finally got into Temple Univers uh, Temple University. Their school, Tyler School of Art, mm-hmm. is att- attached to it. Mm-hmm. I got in, and I was like, I'm gonna go back to printmaking. I'm gonna finish my printmaking degree, and I'm gonna get the hell out of here. Like, I'm gonna get my career again, and I want to teach because I left Micah wanting to teach because someone gave me opportunity. I want to give it back to someone else. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, like, the main reason why I want to be a teacher is because, like, I wouldn't be where I am without them, including now, having the department we have now. But, uh, yeah, I just applied, got in, did printmaking for a little bit, and then saw a glass blowing one day and was like, oh, that looks fun. That looks cool. This is a number two school for glass in the country. I'll try a class or two. Let's see how it looks. Yes. Because the printmaking department, the transfer was, like, a shit it was no no offense to the school but it was just like they didn't take any of my credits really and i was like i went to micah <laughs> i went to micah like kind of kind of shit <laughs> <laughs> so uh i was like screw you guys i'm gonna do a different major then and try it out while you guys figure out my credits and then i like fell in love with glass boy i was like it's hot in here everyone's working hard everyone looks tough as shit carrying around 2000 degree glass mm-hmm. the glass melts on the ground like 
water and then you just burn through the ground if you just touch it with your foot or something um and everyone just like doesn't even blink like something shatters everyone just looks at it and continues what they were doing <laughs> and i wanted to be a part of that yeah like glass will blow up and everyone's just like cool <laughs> oh my god that's fucking crazy yeah. and I, that, that, it makes so much sense i remember seeing your instagram videos of you in those classes and i thought that was fucking <laughs> awesome so that's oh, why, that's how you ended up there. That's awesome. So yes, tell us about that experience. Um, and it's, it's, what's, what's cool for you, and I hope you realize this, that your ability to adapt is so cool. I mean, you going to Micah and not knowing much other than drawing and conquering that and conquering printmaking and then coming here and doing a glass thing, that's insane. So I hope you know that you're amazing. Aw, <laughs> you're the best. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're the best. No, also, thanks for letting me on this. this. is amazing. I like, it's cool to talk about this stuff, but someone appreciates me and I love it. And it makes me feel so warm inside, but also I love your work. So it's like, thank you so much. Ah. A little clap for both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to us. <laughs> fuck everybody else. Shout out to us. <laughs> I'm like, so fuck them. We're doing great. Um, <laughs> no, I like, I glass was just so cool like i wasn't able to like i to this day i say i can't make a damn cup because that's what every glass blower like like their mind is like make a goblet like a thin goblet like thin little goblet and it's just like you drink out of it you feel you're gonna break it feels like it's plastic it's so thin like it's wild how thin you can get glass and i'll just be like drinking out of it i'm like this is so amazing and then i try to make a cup and i'm like no 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 <laughs> like plates i couldn't make bowls i like was just like i cannot make things that are usable but then i'm like hmm i want to make a spider a big one and my what? and my department would be like cool because glass is such a community that like if i'm like hey i want to make this they're like cool what can we do to help you out like people are getting your tools ready for you they're sharpening things they're making things oiled up for you they're heating things up for you it'll be like five in the morning we have to open the studio and my partner's like already has the furnace blowing we have our glasses on we're just like drawing what we need to make and it's quiet there's no one in the studio at 5 a.m the sun's like coming up in the middle of the wow. snow it's so cool and like someone's just drawing and like on the ground it's like i want to make this and you're like let's get to it and that's just how it works. It's pretty awesome. Yo, that is freaking cool. So you actually made a giant spider? Yeah, I made like a big ass spider. And then like I made like black sand and made it like sit on it. And I was like, whoa, sculpture glass is so cool. Um, yes. I made like a big ass bubble like this big with like three people. Like it's like this big. And it's like a perfectly like, orb. And it goes over this black glass figure. But um. I started making work that was about personal in glass. I was never a sculptural person. Like I did sculpture a little bit in like mica, but I never like thought myself as a 3d person. I was like, I can't do measurements very well. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like the barefoot Contessa. I was like, Oh, just put a little bit of this in there. They're like, how much? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> just a little bit. Just put it in there. It works. So I just, you know, I didn't really know anything about like how to be like sculpturally accurate. So I didn't think I was sculptural, like a sculptural artist. And I got on a glass and I was like, I can't do what y'all do. And they're like, well, just do what you want to do. And I did. <laughs> and I made work that like was personal about like mental illness, about my health. I don't know what happened. Like my brain just clicked and it was just like, oh, you need to do this. Like you have to do it. It's going to do you a world of good. And it has like mental health wise. It's done amazing. 
The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. Yo, that's dope. So back to mental health thing. See, that's fucking cool. That's such a fuel for for work, for art, for everything. So that's yeah. equally as, a, as awesome. I mean, and that stuff is useful. You know, I know you mentioned not being able to do plates or cups or whatever, but that shit is a symbol for the shit you're going through, which is very useful. So that's super dope. Yeah. Um. So at Temple, did you have to also do other mediums as well, or you, could you just focus on glass mm-hmm. blowing? Well, because I got most of my foundations done at MICA, I didn't have to, like, do too, too much. Like, I had a sculpture class that I had to take, which I already took one, but they do them totally different at every school. So they were just, like, they were, like, do math. So basically, you have to have a piece of cardboard, and you cut it up and to make this form, and then when you move it, like an accordion, it expands and contracts perfectly. And that's a lot of math. And I am dyslexic. Actually dyslexic. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, numbers especially, like calculexia, I think they call it or something. So, like, everything looks backwards. Or yes. I say, like, the number will be, like, 78. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, 59. Everyone's like, that says 78. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it does. And they're just like. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I work a job at, like, restaurants. And they'll be like, can you do tax? And I'm like, you got the wrong one, honey. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, like, pull up. Google Google tip calculator immediately. I'm like, all right, your tax is a because I can't do it. So like making a shape out of cardboard that has to be if it, if it's not cut accurately and if it's not done like measured accurately, the whole thing is off. I was like devastated. I was like, I am the oldest person in this class because everyone's like a freshman and sophomore, and I'm like crying because I can't make a circular ball cardboard. <laughs> I'm like, I can drink, damn it. <laughs> It's like fuck all you kids. I drove to school in my car while y'all took the bus. Like, like I just like got super classist about it. I was like, you walk to school. <laughs> you know, like I had the dog and I had my own apartment, and they're just like, yeah, but you, you can't do it. I'm like, you're right. Like, <laughs> like, I tried to be like put my foot down. They're like, yeah, but you're old and you can't do it. So I'm like, well, you're right. <laughs> So like, yeah, I have no comeback to that. You fucking peasant. You're a peasant. <laughs> I'm like, when I drive by you in the 30 degree weather, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I had listened to her. <laughs> no one gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, wow. So, I want to know the process of you making these pieces because I don't know how glass work, glass one works. So, how long did it take to make some of this, you know, for the people who don't know how that, that stuff works? Yeah. So, depending on how thick the piece is or how many of the pieces are, um, so basically it's like how, I don't know if anyone knows how ceramic works, where you make something, you put your like colors on it, whatever your glazes, and then you put it in an oven and it brings it up to temperature very slowly, keeps it at a certain temperature in order to like activate any glazes or it also to like harden the clay and like keep that shape. If you rise it up too fast, it'll break the whole thing apart and explode. If you do it too slow, I don't know what happens, but not great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so glass is very similar. So, like, you need to – so our ovens are 2,000-degree ovens. Um, So it's, like, there's a chamber to reheat the glass. 
So what happens is you go into this giant furnace and the, it's like a, you can't even really see because it's so hot. Like the door that covers is about this thick mm. and then you have your partner slide it open or you do it by yourself and you stick your, um, your like I, I would say a punty, but it's like a metal pole. You stick it in there and you turn it and it just collects glass. It looks like gooey honey on the wow. end of it. Yeah. So you build that up and then you take it out and then it, because the air starts cooling it, it starts to harden. So you can shape it on a table to make like a point or a circle, whatever you want it to be. You can like jab it with something. It's gooey. It's malleable. Um, and then you can go back in the furnace and gather over that. And that shape could be stuck in there or it could just gather over and make like a bubble. Um, it's pretty cool. And then you just keep reheating it to keep it to a certain temperature so you can make it more malleable. So like it hardens. I put it, if it's not too hard, there's still some heat in there. I'll put it in the reheating chamber. Also known as the glory hole. Don't know why. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, they call it the glory hole. Um, that's like a normal thing people call it. And I'm just like, it's like a hole like this with fire in it. I'm just like, we call it the what? <laughs> it's like, that's not what I thought that was called. Okay. <laughs> Reheating chamber is the nice way to say it, but glory hole is what I'm going to call it. It's <laughs> <Yes>, okay. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, yeah, so. So you put your punty in the glory hole um, <laughs> and your glasses on it, and that'll get to a certain heat. It'll rise it, like, you know, it'll heat it. There's inner heat and there's outer heat. So you'll try to match it up as equally as possible so it doesn't, like, expand too much, break, crack, melt into the floor. You know, if it's too hot, it melts too much. If You can't control it, you know. So you have to be able to figure out that controlling by like putting it in there and keep it for the right amount of heat. Mm -hmm. So you bring it back to your bench where you have assistance, where you'll be like, pass me this tool, blow on this, ba da ba da ba. Mm -hmm. And you just work the glass on one end while someone just like provides air or provides a tool or even just put something near your arm to keep the heat from it. Cause like the glass is like right here to my arm. So all of us will be burning. Oh. Cause the heat just like, hot as you've ever seen before ever come yeah. off of it that's fucking insane ah, that's cool i want to try that now <laughs> damn that sounds fun but I'm, I'm it's so really fun i highly recommend doing it if you can there's classes everywhere that's what actually there's actually an art art center here that actually does um um they do pottery ceramics ceramics and all that so i'm sure there's glass blowing in there so i might have to check it out that'd be super cool yeah do it find your local glass blowing studio most of them provide classes um I mean, it's COVID, but whatever. Um, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> but yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but um, when things, I guess, are opening back up, like I would highly recommend it. Um, it's really satisfying. It's sweaty work, but like the way the glass community helps people learn how to do it is just like beautiful. So I say definitely do it if you can. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Where you, is it, I guess is, this is not necessarily considered sculpting. Like is glass blowing considered sculpting? Is that a kind of a way of sculpting? Yeah. It's considered a craft, so like a craft, like, you know, like the crafts are basically just like fibers, woodworking, metalwork, so, you know, stuff that's been around for like God knows how long, but that can be um, done in like a factory setting or it could be done in like a craft setting for sale, could be done on a personal level. So it's like, like I work in contemporary glass or contemporary sculpture, but glass bone is considered sculpture for sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Because I know... uh obviously I'm just, just me educational for me. I'm learning things. So I didn't know if sculpting went with just clay or just whatever, but that's involved in that. So that's awesome. So how was, how was yeah. critiques? Like how do you handle critiques in, uh, in classes like that? Uh, 
critiques were interesting. I mean, when I started making personal work, the room could either be very quiet because mm. I didn't know how to talk about it, mm. or it would be so much feedback that like you feel like what the hell is the point of my work like i'm done it doesn't even look good so you have to like balance emotionally how you feel how you receive it you have to prompt yourself like i started asking questions to the audience which feels kind of aggressive sometimes because it's like all your peers are like looking at your work like investigating it looking at it asking you questions about it. you have to provide some feedback you have to have a show title sometimes like you have to be basically like ready to be like on like uh i don't know like a game like a game show like a cooking channel or somewhere just like the judges are always judging you but it's your own peers <laughs> and i'm just like it's so usually to watch them you have to take notes for yourself or have someone else take notes for you it's very like intense but it helped me grow a good shell but also it gave me like the courage to just like ask whatever the hell i want so if the room's quiet i'm like why does this work not prompt a response and they're just like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> now i gotta talk you know it's like everyone's hung over it's 9 a.m so i'm like sorry y'all we gotta talk about my art i worked on this for like 28 hours yes absolutely oh my gosh so, uh, that's insane yeah so then the teacher was prompt too she'd be like the professors would be like why is no one saying anything or it's like or why is someone talking like this or like you know, it could go either way. Like, with days where people would, couldn't stop talking about my work, if either was, like, not to blow my own horn, sometimes it would be, like, compliments about the work. Mm-hmm. Or, in, in, like, people inferring about the work that seems a little bit, like, from their own, not from what the work's actually saying. So I have to, like, control the critique sometimes. Not, like, to control it where I have to stop these comments because if that's what the work's saying, that's what the work's saying to them. But I have to be, like, yeah, anyone have anything that's, like, improvements or anything have anything that could be different here or like how does it feel to be in this room or i'll be like if someone's inferring like oh this is about feminist work which i don't really do too much of Mm -hmm. um which is surprising to a lot of people they'd be like i feel like this is about the study of a woman i'm like no it's not but why does it say that to you Mm because i'd like to know for the future so it's basically how to take that because back in the day i'd be like that's not what it's about now <laughs> you guys didn't read my work right <laughs> i feel like i'm done here like <laughs> bye. like i couldn't do that i had to be like well if that's what you're getting from it i want to know why yeah because if that's not what i'm trying to make it say i can't control every body's opinion of my work Like you go to our museum you, <laughs> you sit there with someone you're like oh that's about that it probably isn't it never is <laughs> someone's just like oh the artist actually was trying to say Probably not. They're dead. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like, yes, you can't control. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Cause I get that all the time. And I get in discussion with people. I'm just like, yeah. how are you putting words in their mouth and you don't know them at all? And you're making these assumptions that you just believe in your head that are correct. So thank you for pointing. Thank you for um, uh, no. talking about that. I took a class with art history majors. And a lot of times art history majors are just like the, if they get into conceptual work, they'll just be like, what the artist is trying to say and like what you can infer the artist is trying to say or like from the artist's past work as sort of a demonstration of this kind of like you gotta like word it right like there's a way to talk about art without putting yourself as like the main voice of it like you can be a super like oh my teachers for african-american history and asian art history were white and they'd be like what the artist is saying and i'm like hmm <laughs> so like they have their degree they do the work you know but sometimes like not everyone's an expert, especially if that's not something you're like, you're not that person. So it's really hard to like 
but you can i mean that's the way art is like art is all opinion yeah all of it every medium every medium if the whole room doesn't like your work, your work sucks. If, the, if one person in the room has a good background like your work, the work could be amazing. And like, it's all due to opinion, which I don't understand. Like, I'm so sensitive. I don't understand why I picked art. I am too sensitive for this shit, but. <laughs> That's why I want to pick your brain on it because I know, obviously, the cool thing about art is that you don't have to go to school for it. Obviously, there's pros and cons of both ways, you know. Yep. And me being not someone who did, I, I did not go to school for art. So I'm always, I always like picking brains of people who did. So, and critiques is something that I, I get critiques by myself. I send it to other artists and do my thing, but it would have been cool to get it from peers that I was actually in classes with. So I'm kind of jealous that you get that experience. So It's one of those things where my professors told me during my junior and senior year, they were just like, you're going to miss this. You're going to miss the studio access. You're going to miss the peers giving you growth. So when you leave this place and you don't have it, you need to fight for it. Yes. And I was like, I don't want these bitches critiques. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't need this. I don't need their, I'll just make my work. And I like look, my senior year, which this year, which was interrupted by COVID, I like looked at all the notes and I have like these notebooks full of people's responses to my work. So I would make them write it in there or I'd keep them in my notebooks. Yeah. And I'm like started crying. So I'm just like, these opinions, sometimes they're stupid. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes it's, it's great that there's like just nonsensical, but I have it. And I have people looking at my work in a way that like helps me look at it differently. And I think that we miss a lot of people who don't go to the college miss out on that, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to provide that in our communities. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever were like, Hey, I'm trying something for art and I need some feedback. I will sit and chuck the shit with you about it all day. It might not be my medium, but like, I want to be able to help you because that's what we should be doing as artists. Is we should be able to like provide feedback in a healthy environment to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. And also to give like a point of view. I feel like we all just stay in our like area like oh i'm making my work it has to be this way or it has to represent me and we overthink it and then we don't make the work or yep. we make the work and we're just like ah yep absolutely <laughs> you, know? you are 110 percent correct i'm actually gonna do that to you I, one day i'm gonna send you some work i'm like yo tell me what's up because i have some projects coming up that i'm gonna need some critiques on anyway so that'll be perfect no i would love to help out i think that like that's what we need to start doing just like just have an i don't care if we made like a freaking group chat or like a Discord. i don't know what a discord group chat whatever just like hey i'm making this what do y'all think critiques feedback but i'm looking for this 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 and that yes and just someone sees it they shoot the shit they put it down and you move on and then like you have a conversation that could be like what's what pushes you to make the work like i needed that oh so. yes you know what i might have to be i might have to collab with you on that one day soon Let's do it. Yes. I have a ton of people. You know, I got all those like black and brown art school kids and like all different types of art school kids who want community who Ex- graduated exactly. or who are in school and want it. And I think that'd be really important to have professionals like you talk about it. Oh my gosh. Professional me. Ugh, me. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Are you, are you charging for your work? Are you posting your work? Are you making work consistently? Sounds like a professional to me. <laughs> oh, you know, it's nothing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, he's a model himself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shut up, Scout. We've seen your pictures. 
So let's go to present day. <laughs> so present, what are you doing these days? What's up? What's up? What's up? So right now, so because of COVID, I didn't get to do my senior show. Oh. Um, yeah, like the spring. So it was March, and then April was my show. Um, so mm. I was supposed to have my birthday, and then the second week of April, I was like, there's my senior show. I've been working four to five years for it. I displayed all the work I've been working on. I was, like, m- making multiple pieces. Uh, and then we were, I remember, we were all joking about COVID, and we were like, oh, man, that's not going to hit. And then, like, the next week, we were like, oh, it's in this state. Mm. Okay, it's getting closer. Oh, it's in Pennsylvania. And the week that it was in Pennsylvania, we were all just like, oh, this is going to happen. Yes. And, like, at, at that point, it was like people were getting sick and some people were dying. Like, it wasn't, like, as big as numbers. But we were like, oh, people are getting seriously sick about it. But, like, we didn't – we were just like, oh. And then people were still having parties. They're like, who cares? We'll all just have a party. And we're like, no, bro, don't have a party. And then the next week, we were just, like, packing our shit up. Yep. My like we have we have desks where we have all of our studio stuff for all the time we're in school until we're a senior graduate and we move our desk when we graduate with our show. So it's like over two years of my desk, I have to move with like hundreds of pieces, glass, and put it into my small apartment. It was a very small apartment at the time. Oh my god! So yeah, it was like a two bedroom, like one above a barber shop, like one level place and it was me and my partner with all of our own shit plus all of my senior show shit and then he was an he was like getting his master so all his stuff too oh my god so full of art <laughs> i was like cleaning too much shit um i have a studio now so but it was like very terrible to have all this stuff in it um but yeah so it was just like so that happened so abruptly and then covid and i've just been quarantining I work at a piercing shop as a counter staff on the side. So I do that on the weekends now, but we were closed down for a while. And I just been like, it's been hard. Cause I, you know, you lose something you've worked so hard for and you just feel like you just have to sit inside. Like you can't go to your studio. You can't make work. Cause you feel like you're just like all my seniors. We still had classes on the computer and we're all just like, cool, you don't have your senior show. Let's all talk about what you would make if you could come back to school because we're all thinking we're going to come back in a few weeks. Exactly. So for, yeah, for months we were just like, okay, so when we get back, what could you be making while you're at home right now? So we'd be making work at home and like add a sugar, um, drawings. I would do prints. I would be drawings. But it was like, it all felt like it was for nothing, you know? Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. I kind of know how it was. I went to school, but for you to be in school and you're super excited about graduating and showing your work and all that for that to happen. Oh my God. That is, I'm so sorry about that, by the way. I'm, I'm, I bet your show is going to be amazing. Are you, are you still going to be able to do something when this is over or just kind of just gone? So I applied, I was in the run for a fellowship. I didn't get it, but I was making a lot of work for it. And a lot of that work I professionally photographed, which you've seen the pictures of. Yes. Um, that Beautiful was for work. that. And so I have this great portfolio professionally shot. So I've just been throwing my shit out to every grant, every scholarship over quarantine. I was able to get like $600 um, awarded to me just from like different places um, for my work to make work. And like, yeah, it sits in my savings because I've only bought like a few art splits because I don't know what to physically make yet. I don't have access to a studio. I am autoimmune compromised, so I can't really like take a risk right now, but it's like I have it. 
and I'm just trying to make new ideas in my brain and draw them out until I'm ready to be able to get in my ass to work, you know? So. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, at least you hold on to that money, but I do want to talk about some of these pieces you sent me because they're absolutely beautiful. So the piece that you're standing, you're standing beside. So I guess this looks like, oh, it's yeah. a, um, is that like a, I guess a family portrait? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us, yeah. tell us about that one. Willow Wellness Center and High Point strives to deliver an inclusive, accessible, and non-judgmental approach to well-being by helping their clients find balance and peace in all aspects of life through massage therapy, yoga, Reiki, and a variety of group classes. And now they're offering virtual yoga classes for yogis of all types, including a free beginner-friendly Friday morning flow that you can take from the comfort of your own home. Visit willowhighpoint.com and check them out on social media at Willow High Point to jumpstart your personal well-being today. Yeah, so that one is basically, it's called my, it's my Inheritance, and it's basically like how, you know how people say like, you look like your mom, you look just like your dad, you look just like so-and-so. Um, I, all my life, like, because I'm like a mix, people are like, you look just like your dad, you look just like your mom, and I'm just a mix of these two great people, and so, but the older I get, the more I can see myself looking like my parents, mm-hmm. more specifically my father, who is like a who is i believe has we he knows has a mood disorder um and he you know he it's depressed really intensely he has um he's very forgetful his his mother is has like alzheimer's and she's like pretty old and uh she never really knew who i was since i met her mm-hmm. she's never known who i was which is in a later piece which was an earlier piece i made Um, so like that fear of becoming my dad, but also like, I love my father and who he is as a person, but like, there are things you inherit that you don't want to from your parents, whether that's a medical issue or mental health or, you know, a personality or trauma. And I've inherited a ton of those things. And besides my looks, I have that. So that piece is a hand print screen printed. Um, it's huge as you can see. Yes, it's massive. I, it, it took like four screens, no, six screens to make that, I think almost. Um, so I had to put each layer, pull it, line it up, pull it, and make all that to make one picture that I drew by hand and blew up. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I drew it, blew projected it onto a pieces of pa- of different sections of mylar, like see through uh, see through. And like transparency paper and like giant pieces of it and then like drew with like Sharpie and then had to mat- like project and match it up and then expose it to a screen, different screens, and then just each one had a section of that drawing. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy what how tedious this work can be, you know. And obviously it's cool because it's that whole process is all you, so it has to feel amazing when you see the finished product. Um Oh yeah. I have I had help from the fibers department at Tyler, but I couldn't. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's a couple more cause I'm very, um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. So what about yeah. the, these two pieces right here? The, um, I guess they're like stone frames. Are those, is that oh, stone? Yeah. So those are actually made out of ash from, um, letters. Oh shit. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I looked at real fast. It's like this rocks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, 
I actually was like um, letters and medical files and just like paper that I found. I just like put into this giant bucket in the glass department and would just throw a match on it and just let it burn and just watch this stuff burn and burn and burn. And then I just made it into like a frame. I like made it into a mold gluey adhesive and then cast it onto a frame and then pulled it off. And then I had a frame um, and made these pictures frames with and then the inside image is a piece of glass that's been etched with my image a photo image of me that disappears because the glass has a um effect where it, images disappear when you look at it from different oh, angles shit. yeah one is me as an adult one is me as a child um just because the piece is about um just basically if you don't treat mental health um it could burn the, it could burn a whole person up you know like from the inside out like you can destroy yourself if you don't treat your medical um your mental your mental health so the picture is me as a kid looking really unhappy um and then me as an adult looking really unhappy because like i never really treated or acknowledged it or got the tools i needed to be successful with my mental health at a when i needed it and i basically like burned myself up like just what you can do to a person well, what a person can do to themselves or if they don't have the support around them what happens you know like we're all a team in this and like it's it's a lot so Oh my gosh, it's cool. I mean, it feels like you're making very fulfilling work, which I'm very happy about. You know, um, I think as an artist, we all find want to find a way to make purposeful work. So you're doing that, and it's freaking beautiful. So I hope you're happy, happy with all your stuff. I, I know. Absolutely. So I'm curious, what's the what's the future look like for you? Where where will you want to be in ten, twenty years? God, probably teaching a middle school or something in yes. some college classes. I, like, want to teach, obviously, the youth. It's really important. Predominantly, I want to teach low-income and um, black and brown youth because I think they need it a lot. Like, I needed it, you know? Like, I wasn't low-income, but I was a kid who basically was given three choices, you know, growing up. Like, military, sports, or just, like, working in the local area, you know? Like, there was no one really gave me the tools I needed to aspire. No one told me I, I could do more besides my parents. You know, my teachers didn't tell me it besides my AP teacher who, like, was the reason why I did all this. Mm-hmm. So I want to do that, obviously. That's why I'm pursuing art education still almost down with my degree. And um, I want to teach college classes, too. Like, just, you know, two or three a week. Just, like, teaching college kids how to, like, continue, you know, yes. to do work. I think that we just like stop or we just like, we want to make work just because we want to like have it represent the other bodies of work. And we just wanted to get it out. And it's just like, how do you represent yourself? Um, Cause someone gave that to me in glass. Um, Jessica Jane Julius, the glass head department. Yes. Shout out to her. Um, she's always given me opportunities. She literally just called me today and was like, do you want to work and like make work? Do you need help trying to find a gallery for your work? Like she hasn't given up on me to make my senior show work. And that means a lot to me that I have that. So I'd like to be a teacher for those reasons because people haven't given up on me and I don't want to give up or I want to give reasons for other people to continue making work that represents them. So doing that, maybe owning my own print shop, maybe, maybe married with like 20 dogs in Connecticut or some shit. Who knows? Let's go. (laughs) Canada. Ooh, Canada. You said Canada? They got the health. I'm fucking. (laughs) They have the health benefits your girl needs they yes. need teachers they have indigenous and brown youth who need help out there for teaching there's a huge glass blowing community i'm like 
I'm sorry. I love America. I will fight for it all, like for us to have the rights we deserve here and for people to feel represented. It's treating us like mm-hmm. shit, though. And as a black person, I am tired. Fucking exhausted. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So exhausted. So, I'm with it. You know, no, I don't know. That's so cool. You're going to shape the future. I love that you want to hit kind of two different, um, I guess, uh, two different. Middle school and college, you want to hit two kind of vital parts of people's lives, you know, especially you said brown and black kids who I would love to see more brown black artists in the world. So it'd be cool to have someone like you who's kind of guiding them and leading them in that direction. So I'm with it. I'm 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 forced the 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 future that you're going to going to build. So this is so cool. Yeah, I mean, like like you were saying earlier, like you didn't get trained like a classical way, but you make incredible, important, beautiful work. And it's like, I want to teach the youth because they don't have to go to college to make art. But I also want to like hit more advanced topics um, in a college setting as well, because I think that I, I definitely like those who do get the chance to go to school and college, like they need more representation as well. Like just as like a middle school, elementary school and high school needs, same as college. I mean, a lot of art schools don't have as many black and brown um, faculty as they should, especially queer black, um, like faculty from what I know. Um, I also want to like get into community arts work. So like if I open my own print shop, I'd really like to like have free classes and teach people stuff. So who knows? Y'all need to look out for Scout. She's going to take, take over the freaking world. Let's go. <laughs> Are you taking commissions right now from people? Uh, you know what? I've never done that. I have always wanted to, but I am a lazy son of a bitch. And <laughs> I work like two jobs. So I don't know. Like if someone was just like, can you like draw me something for like a poster? I'd be like, Sure. When you want it by, oh, you tell me when. I'm like, oh God, don't give me that. I need deadlines. That's how I keep my shit together. Yes, it'd be like two years from now if you tell her, if you tell uh, Scott that. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yes, I guess so. If someone did have something they liked and they want you to want you to do something, I guess they could just be clear about some deadlines if you're gonna if you wanna hire Scott. Yeah. I'm always open to doing glass stuff. I'm always in, interested in doing like print making stuff so let me know even if it's just someone to shoot the shit with about stuff i'm here i'm an organizer yes for critiques you have your you went to school for this so you could give critiques to people who need it hey that i mean that's a good resource though some people are always looking for that yes yeah be able to have some thick skin though But I also was raised by assholes in the art world, so I might make you cry, but I might cry too, baby. <laughs> we gonna cry together, motherfucker. <laughs> I know. I'll hold your hand virtually. Give me your hand, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Take it, take it, take it. Um, awesome. So, where can we find you on the internet? Um, so Scout Carter Hannah Makes is my Instagram for making art. Uh, I have a personal one too, but just DM me there if you want that. Just me talking shit, gassing up my partner, posting pictures of my dog. Shout out to that. I see it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, I make work at Scout Carnahan Makes. Um, I'm not super present on there right now because I'm trying to build a body work and COVID kind of slowed me down a little bit more. But message me. Talk to me about work. I'm always posting about community arts and scholarships and great opportunities for artists. Um, I'm always good for a chat. 
Yeah, so please. And obviously, I didn't ask everything I could have asked. So, have any questions? Please hit Scott up. Obviously, she's great to talk to and very and very open. So I'm super grateful. And I hope me hearing your journey, I hope you're very proud of how far you've come because I think it's extraordinary. So, big shout out to you. Oh, thank you. I am a big mouse, so I'm sorry to get to all the questions, but I super appreciate you giving me the opportunity. It means the world to me because this is I've never done this before. This is awesome. Yes. First <laughs> of many, you're going to be on so much more shit, and I can't wait to hear about it and see more of your journey. Obviously, we'll be in touch because we're going to work together. We're going to find a way to work together, so I'm with it. Yes, yes. So have a good rest of your night. Thank you for being part of Free Pizza Journey. I will have you back on here because I want to see what you're doing. Obviously, further down the line, where we, uh, you know, maybe a few years, few years down the road, um, get an update from you. But from then on, much love. You the best. You the best, baby. Yes. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Stay safe. All right. Bye, dude. Bye. The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes. SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles. Whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.